0: Welcome to broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. This is the table part two, and uh, we've been going to Luke, and we've been all over the place in Luke. Luke chapter 7, verse 36, in the NIV it says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. This is is where we've gotten really the the crux of our series is when you think about Jesus, you're not oftentimes thinking about him reclining at a table. But all throughout the Gospels, Jesus finds himself sitting at tables, interacting with sinners and saints alike, teaching, discussing, preaching from a table. I mean, you, you would think... That that might not be the place. You know, it's like, let's save it for church. Let's save it for Sunday. But Jesus was the same person in church as he was outside of church. And his ministry extended past his pulpit or past the hillside where he was preaching from. It extended to the table he was reclining at. And many of the the messages of Jesus that we preach today are messages that he actually didn't preach but things that he discussed while he was sitting in community around a table. And I want to go a little bit further in Luke, Luke chapter 19, and I'm going to read this in the message. Luke chapter 19, we'll have it on the screen for you as well. Luke chapter 19, verse 1, says, Then Jesus entered, and he walked through Jericho. There was a man there, his name was Zacchaeus, the head tax man and quite rich. He wanted desperately to see Jesus. I was going to stop right there and tell you the greatest recipe for an encounter with God is what was just said right there. He wanted desperately to see Jesus. You know what I see missing a lot of times in our church gatherings? Is the passion of a man named Zacchaeus. That, that desperation that says, I want to see God. I want to see this Jesus. I want to encounter. That's what Zacchaeus had. It doesn't matter your background. Doesn't matter what you've been through, what you've done, what you've said about God, what you haven't said about God. Whatever you've been through, it doesn't matter. The the recipe for encounter is encapsulated in that phrase. He desperately wanted to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. People ever got in your way, trying to pursue God? He was a short man. I can relate. And he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran on ahead and he climbed up in a sycamore tree so that he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. I like how Jesus was just bold. This, this, is, even better, this is even better than inviting people to your house. Invite yourself to someone else's house. I mean, Jesus, Jesus wasn't a fool. I mean, he's like, hey, Zacchaeus, you're a rich man. Here's the deal. We're going to your house. You're making dinner. I'll be here all day. I mean, it's just that's he, he just invited himself. So he ran ahead. Climbed. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up. He said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your house. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. That right there would change our lives. If we would just take Jesus home with us instead of leave him where we experienced him. If Jesus got out from these seats and actually got into our homes, this would be be game changer. But That's another message for another day. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. Thank you, the message translation for that word. What business, now listen to this, what business does he have getting cozy with this crook? That's how, that sounds like, a, sounds like a movie or something, like Cozy with Crooks, or a band name, uh, or something. But Jesus, Jesus got cozy with, with the crook. Zacchaeus, the Bible tells us, was a short man. He was vertically challenged, and uh, Jesus still loved him, so that's good for some of us that have encountered some of those difficulties in our life. The, the, the Bible says that he was short, but he was also rich. He had disadvantages, but he also had advantages. He, he, he was looked down on by some, naturally, but he was also looked up to by some. He, he, Zacchaeus had two things going for him. He had things that were stacked against him, but then he had things that were stacked for him. This is how many of us are. We have things that are in our favor, but then we also have things that don't help us out so much. We have things that people love about us, but we also have things that people about us. This is Zacchaeus. He has both of these, but what is in Zacchaeus is a desire and a desperation to see Jesus. He's desperately wanting to see him. And the Bible says he can't because of the crowd. He is short. He can't see over the crowd. He can't get there. I found this to be true, that any time that a man or woman of God desires to take a step towards God, that there is always, always Every single time, something in their way. You ever experienced that? I'm, I'm, I'm going to take my walk with God to a new level and to a new place, and all hell breaks loose. All of a sudden, you decide, man, tomorrow's my day. I'm going to be at church. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to be there to serve. And all of a sudden, the car breaks down. The dishwasher breaks. The front door comes off the hinges, and you're like, it is not meant to be. Like, this is, this is not working out. Everything happens in bunches, usually, especially when you decide to make a stand or to move forward with Jesus. Zacchaeus, he desired to move forward, but he was short and he couldn't see over the crowd. And, and Zacchaeus was innovative Of well. When, when, when you're challenged in some areas, it requires you to be innovative. It, it really does. And, and so Zacchaeus says, Well, I may be short, but I'm not an idiot. I'll just go where Jesus is going. See, this is the problem with most people is that we follow where Jesus has been. This is what's difficult in churches is because we try to make the church that we want to go to or the church that we're about to go to like the church we came from. This is not your grandpa's church. This is not your mom's church. This is not your dad's church. This is not the church down the road. This is this church. And if you want to encounter Jesus, one of the key ingredients is to not follow where he has been, but to get to where he's going. Zacchaeus had a desperation and had the, the, the intelligence to say, Jesus is moving. Which would be another word for some of us today is that Jesus is not standing still or sitting still. Jesus is on the move. That's why the church can't sit still or stand still. Because Jesus is not interested in a church that is sitting or standing still. Jesus is on the move. And the Bible declares that the kingdom of God is moving. It is advancing. And I want to be where Jesus is. And I want to be a part of a church that is where he is. I don't want to follow in yesterday's revival. And yesterday's move. And yesterday's worship. I want to be in advance. I want to be in exchange. Expectancy. I want to get to where Jesus is is going. Is that that too much for Sunday morning? I feel like God's about to do something here. At this service on Sunday morning, I believe God's about to break some boundaries, break some chains, break some comfort barriers because we didn't come to church to just sit through a service and sit through a message. We came to encounter God. And sometimes encounter with God requires a desperation on our part. You can sit and wait or you can step and experience. That is the difference between people who miss God and encounter God. I'm getting too fired up too soon, so just sit down and calm down. What, what, if, what if God wanted to encounter us even more than we wanted to encounter Him? What if God's heart yearned to have relationship with us even more then our hearts yearned to be with Him. See, this is the the, the 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 arguments that I hear a lot of times about God. Is that I really want? I want God. I've got. I, I just want to encounter God. I want like, like He's holding it back. Like God's sitting up there. Like if you want it bad enough, then you'll get it. But you gotta. You gotta really want it. You gotta really work hard. You gotta really be good. That's not what God's doing. But desperation sounds an alarm in your heart. Desperation is not about volume. Desperation is not about a yell or a scream. Desperation is an attitude of one's heart that begins to sound this alarm to God that somebody wants me. Somebody wants to experience. And God is drawn all throughout the scriptures. God is drawn to desperation. Zacchaeus was a short man. We've talked about this quite a bit. He's he's challenged. It was just... A couple months ago, we went to we took the boys uh, to Disneyland for the first time, and and uh, we we had a, we had a great time and, and a great experience. We followed the uh, Bucket List Narratives journey. If you don't know about it, you should look it up on Instagram. Follow them. Uh, it's it's a, it's a little blog uh, about how to journey through Disneyland. Okay, all the all the ins and the outs. So we followed along. We had a great experience, but one of the problems was Genesis is he's not quite to the height. That is required for some of the rides that he thinks it's pretty unfair that everyone else gets to go on and he doesn't. Okay? I mean, that, that, that really irritated him. All throughout the day, any time he had to watch Jude get on a ride that he could not get on, it was a problem. And so we're getting to the end of the day, and I'm like, nobody, nobody should miss out on Disneyland because they're a little vertically challenged. You know, it's personal to me. I was like four foot two in my senior year of high school. Like I'm, it's personal to me. So I'm like, you know what? I got a challenge and I need to be innovative. It was a little warm outside, but not too warm to have a beanie stowed in my in my bag. So I put a a little beanie on Genesis and I and I pulled, all he needed was four inches. So I put that beanie on and just kind of like got it up just just enough. Just enough. And we walked up there and I said, Genesis, and listen to me. You walk confidently. You put your eyes straight ahead. You march right past those gate attendants and onto your ride. And he's like getting excited. He can feel. It. He can feel the moment. He's a gamer, all right? He's he's like he can feel it. He's like, "I got you, dad. I got you." And uh, so I, I I just I put it up. Jamie's freaking out. She's like, "Oh my, like, we're going to get kicked out of here. You're supposed to be a Christian." And I'm like, "I'm an innovative Christian." Stop judging. That's not Christian. And so, I, I got that little beanie on, and we, we walked past, and, and the gate attendant is right there, and he sees us coming. And I'm like, oh, man, we're not even going to make it past the gate. Well, somebody comes on the other side, and he turns his attention, and we just walked right by. It was like Peter getting out of prison. It was like literally, he did not see us. It's like... This is meant to be So we're in this line for about 30 minutes And one of the workers is coming up And Jamie's like We've been waiting here a long time If we get thrown out now And I'm like It's the last ride of the day And this lady starts walking up And she sees She stops She said Did he get checked at the gate? And I said Oh, you know um, I, I, I I said I think so Okay, I'm just being honest I'm being real with you Like, because I think So because the guy did look at us And then, so I I, I I think so And and she goes, I want you to know something. He will be checked two more times before he gets on this ride. So if he's not tall enough, he will be found out. And I'm like, yes, yes, (laughs) ma'am. Happiest place on earth. Someone forgot to tell her, you know. Uh. So we come to the next checkpoint, and it just so happens this man is busy. And we walked right by We go to the last checkpoint. Genesis is about to get on the ride. I mean, we are there. The doors are opening and shutting, opening. I can see the ride right there. And I see this guy look at Genesis just with that condescending look that people, tall people look at short people with. I saw it. Saw it in his eyes. And I just slid right in between like a mediator, like a go-between. I look for a man to stand in the gap. And here I was. Blocked his view. The doors open. I said, "Jen, go." He goes. We went in there. We got on that ride. I'm telling you, he has the biggest smile on his face, like we had just conquered the world. And he's got this thing. It's soaring over the world. If you've ever been there, and we are soaring. I mean, soaring. He's just like thrilled. And I felt like we just. Con- I mean, I felt like we just won the Super Bowl. I'm like, that's right. That's right. Don't be coming to these vertically challenged people. We're innovative. We'll make you pay. We'll make you pay. Jenny says, "God loved that ride." We were so, we we're hugging each other. We're so happy. And please don't email me about this, okay? It's like we did what we did. It's in the past. I'm gonna ask forgiveness for it, okay? Like I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about. They have it for a reason. I understand. I've also been on that ride, and this is what it does. That's it. That's it. Okay. You know. You know what I, I was thinking was challenges really do bring out. Innovation. Challenges really do pull innovation from us. See, sometimes if you never go through a challenge, you would never be innovative. If you never went through a challenge, you would never try. See, because of Zacchaeus's challenge, He got innovative. There were hundreds of people that didn't have a challenge that followed behind where Jesus had been. But because of the challenge. See, sometimes we get mad at challenges. But maybe you should embrace challenges. Maybe you should embrace the thing that tried to take you out. Maybe you should embrace the thing that tried to break you. Because of that, you're innovative. And because Zacchaeus was innovative, he found himself where Jesus was going. Not where Jesus had been. Hunger in us and compassion in Him is always a recipe for a God encounter. Hunger in us and compassion in Him is always a recipe for a God encounter. Did you know the greatest currency of the world is relationships? The greatest currency that we have in this world is not money. It's relationships. Did you know that if you you know someone somewhere, you can get deals that other people can't get? I was talking to somebody this week, and he's like, if you go here, I'll give you the family discount. I wasn't family, but because of a relationship, he's given me family. See, relationships open doors. Relationships are the currency of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is connected and advances through relationship. If you are Rambo, if you just fly solo, you are going to miss out on the benefits of what comes from kingdom connection, kingdom advancement, and kingdom community. Jesus walked the earth and he ministered. This is what we talked about last week. We talked about ministry is who we are, not where we are. It's not a location. It's an identity. We talked about ministry is an overflow, not an outflow, which means my ministry is only what God's already doing in me and coming out from me. It's not something that I'm, I'm given from something that's empty. This is how people burn out. They don't have anything to give, but they keep on trying to give. It's, that's, that's how you burn out. But the overflow is where ministry should come from. Ministry is a command, not an option. Je- Jesus didn't give us the option to minister. He said, I want you to go and to preach. I want you to go and to do this. This was a command given by God. Jesus ministered to the saved and to the lost, to the rich and to the poor, To both saints and to sinners. Jesus didn't have preference. He didn't have prejudice. Jesus ministered to everybody. Some people think that Jesus only ministered to the broken. And some people think that Jesus was only for the rich. Oh, the only for the put together. No, he was to everybody. To every race, to every language, to every persuasion, to agnostic, to atheist, to Buddhist, to Muslim. He didn't, didn't, doesn't matter where you're at, Jesus is for you. He, he ministered everywhere that he went. I think when we talk about ministry, people begin to get afraid because they, they say, well, what, how am I supposed to get rest? Like, if I'm just supposed to be minister all the time, like, I'm, I'm an introvert. How does this work for me? I'm going to tell you this. Jesus ministered everywhere he went, but he still had margin. Luke, Luke 5, verse 15 and 16, it says this. Yet the news about him spread all the more. He was, there was the demand on him. So that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. And then listen to this. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places, and he prayed, did you know you can be a minister and still have margin? It, it, it's one of the difficult th- things of my life is trying to figure out where that margin is. Because it's, easy to, it, it's easier in business to say, hey, I'm not taking any calls after 5 p.m. But when you're dealing with people's lives and you're dealing with people's 911 calls and you're dealing with people's brokenness, it is hard to say, I'm not going to take any calls after it's difficult. So then, when you begin to minister, where is the break from ministry? How do, you, how do you, as a man of God or a woman of God that has your business and has your family and then continues to try to minister, how do you have margin? What Jesus did is he learned to withdraw. Some of us are withdrawing, is where we stay. It is a balance. He never withdrew and stayed, he withdrew, he rested, he recuperated. And then he went back. Do you think that there, there was hungry people, sick people, needy people that still needed Jesus when he withdrew? Yep. I had a pastor friend tell me one time, he was talking to me about balance. And he said, Dustin, there has to be a day every week that you let the world go to hell. I'm like, the Lord rebuke you. I mean, that's like, that just, this just sounds awful. But this is the, the, the method or the rhythm that Jesus showed us. It's, it's the Sabbath, it's the principle of the Sabbath, it's, it's the principle of his own ministry that the ministry comes out of the overflow, that he's got to give, he's got to give, he's got to minister, he's got to bless, but then he has to withdraw, and he has to get filled up, and he has to get right, because you'll only last so long as a minister 24-7 before you burn out, and so it has to be a balance of ministry and withdrawing ministry and withdrawing i'm not two-faced i don't minister here and not minister in the world I, I, i i'm not a hypocrite i'm learning that there has to be times to just retreat get along with god be filled up be full of who he is we talked about what ministry is but i want to just look from this story about how Jesus minister, how he ministered? The first thing we see Jesus did is he noticed Zacchaeus. Z- Jesus wasn't going to Zacchaeus. Jesus was going somewhere else. But the desperation of Zacchaeus interrupted Jesus on his way. And Jesus had the compassion to notice him in the tree. I mean, I'm sure it was normal for people to throng around Jesus, maybe even to climb on buildings or on trees to see him as he walked by. But as Jesus was walking by, he took note that there was a man that was seeking. See, see, I think that for many of us, getting around the table is actually noticing people around our lives. If we're going to minister like Jesus ministered, then we have to open our eyes to just us, and we have to see the people around us and see people that are hungry and see people that are desperate and see people that need community and see people that need a friend. Well, they're not really like me, Pastor. I just want to be with people that, that we really have a good time and that are like me. That's fine. And that can be your inner circle and in your community. But don't let your comfort keep you from a reach that could change someone else's life. You have no idea what kind of connection God has in store for you on the other side of your awareness or on the other side of your attentiveness, on the other side of noticing someone, that kingdom connection and kingdom advancement that could happen. Noticing people requires us to be attentive, to to be attentive. Just just noticing, just just noticing that people are walking through something, just noticing that people are there. You ever do this, just kind of like get in your zone? This is me. A lot of times, if I'm going to the store or I'm going to study somewhere, I'm just like, I got blinders on. I'm just like, I'm doing my thing. I'm not looking anywhere. Ministry requires us to lift up our eyes and just notice, just to notice people, just to say hello or just to. Jesus opened up the conversation by just interacting. He didn't know what Zacchaeus wanted yet. He didn't know what Zacchaeus was going to do. But he engaged him in a conversation. He sees him in a struggle, he notices his hunger, and he takes or he is attentive to him and gives him a moment. The Bible says they begin to talk. Let me just say this: to be noticed by Christ is a game changer. Maybe this is one of my favorite attributes about Jesus, is that not just that we can know Him is, but that He desires to know us as well. A.W. Tozer says that God has human relationship capabilities, that how our capabilities can grow or how our relationships with a friend can grow, so our relationship with God can grow and deepen and widen. So it's amazing that we can know God, but it's also just as or if not more amazing that he wants to know us. He wants to know us. That's what Jesus demonstrated. Did you know that people will change all around you when they when they find out that you're not interested in them knowing you, but you actually want to know them? That's the model of ministry that Jesus showed us. Is the actual compassion to not just tell your story one more time, but to hear theirs. For you not to this, this is just this is just practical, but for you to talk less and ask questions and allow them to talk more. Some people say, well, well, they're just quiet. They don't talk so much. Sometimes they don't talk so much just because they can't get a word in edgewise. And if you'd give them space, they would just open up. I know people that people think that they're introverts. But when you get them and you actually are interested in them, they will talk your ear off. I mean, they would just, it, it is like because somebody finally gave them space. What Jesus does for everyone is he gives you space. And if we're going to follow the model of ministry that Jesus did, then we're going to give people space. Jesus noticed. The next thing he did is he invited. He invited himself, which is a smart move right there. I think I'm going to start using that one. He didn't just invite Zacchaeus to his house. He said, I'm I'm, I'm coming to your house. He spoke to Zacchaeus while he was in the tree. Jesus is teaching us by his example how to minister to others. Because at each of these stages, many of us stop. We notice people, but we never speak to them. We, we notice people, but we, we never. Do you know how powerful just asking someone if you can pray for them is? Not even like arguing their theology, but noticing that they're going through something and just saying, "Would you, would you mind if I pray for you?" And you don't have to lay hands on them, you don't have to pour oil on them, on them you don't have to Shawn die. You could just ask Jesus maybe to touch them. And it's incredible. What he does when we put a demand on his supernatural power and ability. He works through those moments. Jesus invited him. I'm going to tell you, inviting requires you to be bold. It requires you to be bold. It being, noticing people requires you to be attentive, but actually inviting them requires you to be bold. Did you know that you're not responsible for what people say in response to you? You're only responsible to be obedient to make an ask, to invite, we need to start inviting people around our tables. We need to start inviting people into our lives. We've got to get away from this individualistic mentality that says, I'm going to do it for me. It's me and no one else, me against the world. we got to recognize that the kingdom of God is going to advance by us connected through community, that this church is only strong as the relationships that are in it. We can have thousands of people across multiple campuses, but if we are not connected in true community, people that are around tables people that are sharing bread people that are sharing life then we actually have weakness you can have great crowds of people but not have great impact unless people are connected relationally i was learning early on in ministry how to, how to how to raise money and so you know people don't like talking about money in church and and so, it's funny to me that people don't like talking about money in church but yet you can go to a nonprofit like banquet, they can raise millions of dollars and they can just like totally like put all kinds of pictures of all kinds of sad things on the, on the screen and you're like shelling out the money and nobody says anything. But the entire church, this is how, this is how Jesus designed the church. It functions as a result of the generosity and the obedience of people. That, that's how it functions. Well, I grew up in, in an environment where sometimes I felt like people were kind of obligated to give. So I went the opposite in ministry, and I was like, I'm not asking anybody for anything. I don't want to ask. And I had a pastor tell me, he said, "Dustin, you're robbing people of freedom, you're robbing people of blessing because you will not make the ask. You, you won't bring them to decision. You say, "Well, whatever works for you is good for you." Just what? But you know, the, the, you are robbing yourself of blessing. When you're not operating in obedience. And generosity. And so I learned that I had to have the boldness to actually make the ask. There are multiple families I could call up on this stage today throughout our services that would say, Thank you, Pastor, for actually challenging me to be generous because now I'm in a different place than where I used to be because I begin to step in to obedience. It is not about money, it is not about resources, it is about obedience. And it is about boldness, and it's about true love that escorts or ushers people into greater levels of relationship. This is why Jesus didn't stop with a conversation. He said, I'm not only going to have a conversation. I want to come to your house. I'm going to take this deeper. This is where the church has done a really bad job. Is we have, we, We've got people committed, and we've had people make decisions, but then we leave them. We had, a, we had a conversation in the tree, and it was amazing. Yeah, but where are they going to go from here? It's the job of the ministers, not the pastor, but the job of the people to take people along with them and say, we're coming to your house. You're coming to our house. We're, getting around, we're going out after service today. We're getting around a table. We say life happens in circles, not in rows. That life happens around tables it, it happens around coffee tables it happens around we saw all kinds of different things this week around diamonds around pools around it, it happens all over the place but that community is what Jesus modeled to us it wasn't enough that Zacchaeus was desperate and it wasn't enough that Jesus gave him a little conversation he said I'm taking this deeper Zacchaeus I'm gonna I'm gonna go to your house this is the next level of ministry it's say, like, wow we had a great service awesome But what about the rest of the week? What about when we go through a hard time? Did you know in a church this size, not everybody's going to know your name? So you got to be in a circle of community that everyone in that circle of community knows your name. That you can call on, that you can rely on, that you can do life on. Did you know in a church of 200 or a church of 20,000, you'll know the same amount of people? It's true. People say, I don't want to be a part of a big church. You'll know the same amount of people in a big church than you will in a small church. It's the truth. And I'm just going to tell you this. It's against the will of God and his kingdom to not have a growing church. To not have a growing church, you have to shut your doors to the great commission that says go into all the world and preach to God. So if nobody's getting saved, we can stay the same. We can stay the same size. We can have our good time. But that's not God's call. Jesus what he exhibited through his ministry is that he was a minister and that he was going to walk through this life and it wasn't enough to just say hey Zacchaeus here you're desperate for me here I am you can see me he says no I want to invite you into my life come on Zacchaeus we're going to share a meal together we're going to have a moment where we can connect on a deeper level and this is the last one is that he ate with him that means he actually shared a meal with him Jesus reclined at the table with Zacchaeus now you got to know this about Zacchaeus Zacchaeus was not a righteous man. Zacchaeus was not a good man. Zacchaeus was not a just man. Zacchaeus was not a fair man. But Jesus didn't care. Because when he saw the desperation in Zacchaeus' heart, he said, I'm going to invite him into my life. I'm going to invite him into this relationship. Jesus operated throughout the earth with compassion. You should look this up sometimes. All the time in the New Testament, Jesus was moved with compassion. What would happen if we started to be moved with compassion instead of criticism? You know, oftentimes we look at the world and we're moved by criticism. We look at people in the church even. We're moved by criticism. But Jesus was moved with compassion. He didn't get mad that Zacchaeus ran ahead and climbed a tree and got in his way and got in his business. He didn't He didn't care. He was going to a different city, but he didn't mind being interrupted because he operated out of compassion. So, so really, this is the challenge for us today is that the way Jesus ministered is not so that we can tell his stories. It's so that we can learn how to minister ourselves, that we have to begin to notice people. We have to begin to engage or to invite people. And we've got to eat with people. we got to. Did you know that this is called God's house? So if you can't do it at your own house, maybe you got a small studio apartment, you're saying, there is not even a table in my house. We eat at the counter. You can go around the counter too. But I'm going to tell you this, this is a house. And God's will for this house is for the house to be full. God's will is that every seat be full. We don't put out seats for fun. We put out seats because every seat should be full. You know somebody. You're related to somebody. You have a child. You've got a mom, a dad, an uncle. You've got a friend. You've got a neighbor that needs to be in these seats. And they don't just need to come and have an experience. They don't need to come and just be preached at. They need to come and step into relational life. They need to come and step into community. They need to come and get around tables and feel like they can eat the Word of God and they can eat with you and they can go out afterwards and eat around a table with you and grow in their relationship with Jesus that we can walk this thing out together so that we can do everything in our power to make sure that every person in Allen and every person in Wiley and everywhere that God calls us has an opportunity to know God to become strong and to fulfill their assignment in him. That is God's plan for the people in this city and this area is that they would be found by believers that know how to minister. Pastor, I'm not, I'm not a minister. No, when you said yes to Jesus, you became a minister. I'm busy, Pastor. That's all right. Jesus had moments where he rested too. He withdrew too. But you have to have a mentality of a minister. I'm talking to you like leaders in the room because I believe you are leaders and we have to have a mentality that is a mentality of ministers. We're here to minister. God's desire is for his house to be full. This summer, you need to invite everybody that you know. You need to invite them over for barbecues. You need to invite them to grill out at your house. You need to invite them to service. You guys, we, we need to start being bold and inviting people into our life. I want to close with this. I love this about Jesus. Zacchaeus wasn't a good man. And he wasn't a tall man. He was a desperate man. That's where we're going to end today. He was a desperate man. What's missing from a lot of our gatherings today, in this day and age, in 2018, and rush, 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 and all the services and all the things, is we're missing the desperation just to know God. How do I begin being a minister? You receive ministry. That's it, that's how you start. You can't get closer to Jesus without loving his people more. It just happens. You can't love God anymore without loving your neighbor more. It, it just, it doesn't, it's, it's inseparable. They work together. And I love this. We don't got much time to give it all to you, but it's interesting that, that, that Zacchaeus was a short man. And the Bible says, for all have fallen short. It's interesting. Zacchaeus climbed up in a tree. It's crazy. Jesus died on a tree that in order to be saved, Zacchaeus actually didn't have to go up. He had to come down. He was humble enough to come down from the tree. See, many of us, we have the pride and the desperation to climb up, but can you climb down? Can you humble yourself enough to say, Jesus, I need you. I need you in my life. I need you in my walk. I need you in my day-to-day. I don't want to reach out to people, so I need you to help help me minister. Do we have the humility? See, that desperation plus humility is what the power, therein lies the power. Jesus was so drawn to the desperation and then to the humility. And Jesus, come on, we're going to your house. Set up a meal. We're going to hang out all day. We're going to hang out all day. I'm going to just talk to you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be with you. That's what relationship with Jesus is all about. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not the striving. and the, oh, I got it. It's being with him. It's being with him. Walking with him. It's having his heart. It's going to be crazy to see what God does in our church this summer when we take on the mentality of a minister. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.